Good morning. It is Friday, October 9th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. It's also possible you're listening to us on Saturday, whatever day you choose to do your college football preview research. Today, just a spoiler alert, I'm only going to be talking about one game and really one theme. There are a lot of great games on Saturday. You might even dub it Separation Saturday because Tennessee and Georgia and the SEC East and Clemson, Miami and the ACC, Alabama versus Ole Miss. That game got moved to Saturday night because of Hurricane Delta. You got A&M versus Florida. Got a lot of good football. Um, we, we covered a lot of those storylines this week on the College Football Daily. For a more in-depth uh, preview of those games, go check out the Barton and Bud podcast. Those guys went long on on all those games and, and even threw in Virginia Tech, North Carolina to, to put on your radar. Go listen to the Late Kick podcast. Josh Pate is better than anybody at what he does. So the, all those games are covered, which gives me the flexibility to just drill down into one game, and that's Texas versus Oklahoma, the Red River Showdown. Now, I know what you're thinking. Big 12 homer strikes again. I already saw one of those comments in the Apple Podcast review section, and that's that's fair. Like I, I went to Texas, um, but I would remind you that we have been called SEC homers on this podcast too, and this week we talked about college gambling, uh, college football gambling. We talked about ACC, uh, Clemson versus Miami, and we talked to Charlie Potter about Lane Kevin versus Ole Miss. So uh, humor me as we talk about Texas versus OU, which will be at 11 o'clock on Fox. Uh, this game is the best thing in college football because of the crowd. 50-50 split down the 50-yard line, burnt orange on one side, crimson and cream on the other. This year won't be the same thing at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Fans are still allowed to come, but it's only 25% capacity, and the Cotton Bowl is located inside the Texas State Fair in downtown Dallas between two teams who uh, are both four hours apart from Dallas, two teams who hate each other. And the interesting thing about this game is that neither of these teams are going to be as good as they wanted to be. Oklahoma's 1-2 and two and 0-2 and in the Big 12. They haven't lost three straight in the conference since the John Blake era, which was before Bob Stoops, which was before Lincoln Riley. Texas is 2-1, and one, probably should be 1-2 and two after needing to come back down 15 versus Texas Tech with three minutes left in week two. The loser of this game is going to be absolutely miserable for probably the rest of the season because both of these teams entered the year with college football playoff aspirations. And like you might already be able to throw out the college football playoff because the Big 12 is that bad. For Oklahoma, they probably don't even have a chance of getting back to the Big 12 title game, which pits one and two teams in the conference against each other in in Dallas uh, at Jerry World. Texas, if it loses this game and goes to one and two in the conference, it's going to be in the same boat. So it's an absolute grudge match between two teams who don't like each other, two coaches who do not like each other, and they're constantly compared to one another. So far, Lincoln Riley has had far and away more success than Tom Herman. Lincoln Riley is in no danger of losing his job, and I don't this wouldn't change if Oklahoma didn't win another game this season. Tom Herman, on the other hand, entered 2020 as maybe – the poster child of of the hot seat, uh, him or Clay Helton, uh, for the 2020 season. And then the pandemic hit, and, and finances get messed up, and colleges lay 
um, universities lay people off and Texas had to do that. And Texas will face a um, massive uh, loss of revenue. Um, and they usually make more money than anyone in college football. And so it's not certain if Texas would even be able to buy out Tom Herman because his buyout's around $20 million. Not for sure what it is, but a little south of $20 million. And then you would have to put a lot of money together to go hire whoever his replacement would be. And if you read Texas fans on the message boards at Horns 24-7, there are three guys. It's either Urban Meyer, it's either Pete Carroll, which is not happening, or it's Kyle Shanahan, the San Francisco 49ers coach who used to play receiver at Texas, and that's not happening either. So Texas fans really need Tom Herman to win on Saturday. Tom Herman really needs to win on Saturday. Can he do it? Texas is an underdog, and it might behoove them that they're an underdog because when they're favored is when the real Texas or you know Texas period doesn't show up. So that's today's episode. We're going to talk to Taylor Estes about that. Taylor covers the Longhorns for Horns 24-7. She does a great job. She's covered already so many coaching searches. She's probably hoping she doesn't have to cover another one. Although I will say if Tom Herman can't win another uh, big game this year and Urban Meyer wants to come to Austin, then Taylor, I'm sorry, but we're going to volunteer you to cover one more coaching search. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk to Taylor about a very angsty Red River showdown. Okay, bringing in Taylor Estes right now. Taylor, you just finished um, Tuesday's media availability. I guess it's, that's Zoom nowadays with, with the Texas players. You heard from Tom Herman on Monday. What is the mood going into this weekend's game? You know, I think that from the Texas side of the spectrum, I think that it's the, the Longhorns know that they made a big mistake against TCU. You know, whether it was just not being prepared, maybe not taking it seriously. I mean, that was something Tom Herman kind of talked about after the Texas Tech game two weeks ago, that maybe the team wasn't really taking the opponent seriously too much. Now, they haven't said that this much. Um, this week after the TCU loss. But, you know, I think that a lot of people are taking accountability. I think Sam, you know, he talked about the players' accountability in uh, the loss against TCU and how, you know, they all know what they're supposed to be doing and they just didn't do it then. So I really think that they, from what it's, I'll say, from the sound of it at this point, it sounds like, you know, they they understand that they had an opportunity and they kind of dropped the ball or fumbled, uh, quote unquote, oh, no. get cute there. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I think that they're not going to overlook Oklahoma. I mean, regardless if OU is entering this game with a two game losing streak, that's just not something that Texas is going to allow. That's not something that Tom Herman has ever really done when he has faced Oklahoma in the past. So I think that you'll probably see a little bit better of a Texas team show up in the Cotton Bowl. So we've talked about this for like four years now. Tom Herman's teams, they play up or they play down based on the level of competition. It's it's not good. It's not good that they play down to competition. But the good news is they do play up to it. And they probably, there's something changes when they're the technical underdog, when their back is against the wall. I know Oklahoma's back is also against the wall this week and in, in a major way. But do you think it's going to benefit Texas and Tom Herman and Sam Ellinger and probably his last Red River showdown, I think we're calling it, that this is sort of a must-win, nobody-believes-in-us kind of game? Um, yeah, I think so to an extent. You know, I think that um, I, it would be very surprising to me, Trey, if Sam Ellinger entered this game and didn't have that mindset. You know, um, in covering him 
even dating back to when he was a high school recruit, you know, he's just always one of those players that has that chip on his shoulder. He wasn't a super highly touted recruit. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that everyone knew when he committed to Texas, that was going to be the end all be all with his commitment. But, you know, I think with, with Texas going in this game on a loss, they're facing, you know, an Oklahoma team that's also struggling with a redshirt freshman quarterback. A lot of times this game has been about the quarterback play, you know, who, whoever has the most experienced quarterback a lot of times in the past have won this game. Now that hasn't really been the case for Texas, at least not last season, but, you know, I do think that um, with Sam Ellinger leading the charge, this being such a huge rivalry, something that he grew up with, you know, being from Austin, being a huge Texas fan growing up. I think that that is where Texas may have a little bit of an advantage entering this game they know what they're getting into. Uh, unlike Spencer Rattler, you know he didn't. He's never played in this game before. Um, even though both defenses are kind of struggling for Oklahoma and Texas, I do think that the Longhorns have enough talent on this defense to really make a statement against Oklahoma's offense. Now, I do think you know that's going to take a lot of effort because I, I really believe that Spencer Rattler is a really solid quarterback. He's very young, but I think that you know, you see those flashes from him where you're like, wow, like this kid could be really special as he progresses in Lincoln Riley's system. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is going to come down to with Texas having Sam Ellinger, this meaning so much to him as both a football player and also as a Texas fan, since he grew up that way, I think that could definitely help Texas entering uh, this year's Texas OU game. Yeah. So like one of the reasons I would call it a a must win, I think people would agree with that is it's hard to, or it's if you're a Texas reporter or a fan, you don't really want to envision a world in which Texas loses this one, Taylor, because then you're two and two. You've got a long bye week, and the season, the the goals, the expectations have already at that point they won't have been met. And then, I mean, you know better than me, um, the fan the fan bases, the message board. Like the Tom Herman hot seat stuff is going to kick right back up if it hasn't already. And it doesn't even matter that we're in a pandemic and that Texas has laid off people from its athletic staff. We're going to hear about Texas boosters and, and deep pockets and Urban Meyer or, and, and all that. And I just, I, I, it, all that, I mean, all that's to say is like, it feels like this is, this could potentially get kind of ugly, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, some of the comments that I have seen about Tom Herman after the loss to TCU has just been, you know, a little shocking. I think a lot of, you know, you you don't expect a number nine ranked team to lose a home game when they're favored by double digit to a team that has a losing record and is unranked. I mean, I, I understand why the fan base is not thrilled with this because as you mentioned earlier, you know, Texas has under Tom Herman seemingly played up or down to the level of opponent. And that's why there's been so many close games that Texas has been, especially big 12 games ever since Tom Herman, you know, was hired at Texas. You know, I think that if Texas doesn't lose this game, what was seen after the TCU game is going to be probably 10 times worse. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, this is not the same Oklahoma team that Texas has faced in the past, you know, under Tom Herman's watch. Um, I think that this is going to be a true test, honestly, about not just Tom Herman, but the entire coaching staff. I thought that the TCU game, I was kind of looking to see what type of changes we would see from, you know, coaching level down um, onto the team in that game. And I don't think we really saw too much, you know, progress from the Texas Tech game. I guess a few less or a few less missed tackles. Um, against TCU than they had against Texas Tech, but still, 
you know, I think that if if Texas goes out and lays an egg against Oklahoma, an Oklahoma team that's one and two on the year with a redshirt freshman quarterback, first time he's playing in this game, Texas fans will be out with their pitchforks. I mean, seriously, I think that it, it's it would be illogical to expect anything less, especially with Texas facing a quote unquote down OU team so far to start the year. I mean, what we've seen in the past about when Texas fans really tur- turn on, you know, whether it's the administration, the athletic director, the head coach, the assistant coaches, whoever it may be, it's been bad. But I think this year it would be so much worse because this is Tom Herman. I mean, Chris Del Conte, the Texas athletic director, had said prior to the year that Tom Herman used his one mulligan. You know, he he got to update his coaching staff. He got that one chance. He had an opportunity to really totally, you know, blow things up and start from scratch. And he used that. And if Texas enters this Oklahoma game, you know, when they have a winning record where OU has a losing record, and if they lay an egg, I think that it's going to get really, really ugly. And the hot seat talk for sure is going to ramp up even more than it is right now. Yeah, they, we don't like anything more in Austin than like hot seat talk. And you've covered that. You covered the end of the Mac Brown era. You covered the quick Charlie Strong era. I think looking back on it, lessons can be learned from both of those. Applying that to whatever's going to happen with Tom Herman, should Texas lose and should this Texas season be anything less than seven and three, financials, you got to take them into account because that buyout, something I think a little bit south of 20 million um, in a pandemic era, like, d- Texas fans will have their pitchforks out because that's what they do on message boards. They just that's what any message board fan's gonna do. Do you think though, logically, Taylor, it would make sense after a bad season for Chris Del Conte, the Texas AD to just pull the plug on this? No, probably not. I think I mean, unless if Texas were to, you know, finish with a five hundred record, you can maybe kind of understand that a little bit. But as you had mentioned, I mean, the athletic department is already struggling a little bit financially just because of the pandemic. You know, they're not able to make anywhere near as much this football season than they have in years past with the, you know, limited fan capacity, the limited number of season ticket holders that um, did actually go through and purchase their season tickets and, you know, get the donation that's required to become a season ticket holder. So I think that all is going to play a role. And some Texas fans may not even want to hear that, you know, but it's, it's still a business as much as people don't want to call college athletics, a business, it's a hundred percent of business. And, you know, it's, it's difficult, I think in a uh, pandemic type of climate to really understand, or, you know, kind of logically think it's a good idea to just pay almost a $20 million buyout for a coach that had a down year. Um, And if, you know, I do think though, However, in saying that, if, if you know, Texas were to finish mediocre, you know, not showing much improvement, I think Tom Herman will have another year to prove himself. However, I can't imagine how much that hot seat talk is going to ramp up next offseason leading up to the 2021 season. You know, I think I think it would take a lot for Texas to part ways with Tom Herman after the 2020 season. However, if if Texas doesn't honestly play for a Big 12 championship this year, I really think that hot seat top is, talk is going to be so ramped up from basically January 1st up until season kickoff for 2021. Yeah, I think it's very fair to say that Saturday could really define or in part define Tom Herman's career at Texas. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on, Trey. All right. Talk to you later.